Welcome to episode 18 of the True To You podcast. So excited to have you here. Before I introduce you to today's guest, I'm going to share a story about a skill that has taken me a long time to get, but it's something that I absolutely love. This skill is one that might have you embrace with open arms, running straight to the table of nibbles with glee, or perhaps you're a little bit awkward when it comes to this and you're waiting outside the event till about one minute before it starts and you're already planning your exit strategy. (laughs) Okay, some of you might have guessed the skill that I'm talking about. It's networking. And as soon as I said that word, I've probably lost you entirely. So let's come back, come back into the room. You might be thinking, oh, networking, awkward exchanges of small talk, people who don't know how to design business cards, crappy wine. I just want you to hear me out for a little bit longer. What if you thought about networking as building connections, connecting? All you need to do is connect. It's about finding women or men that align with your mission align with your values. Yes, you might have things in common in terms of what you do for work, but it is so much more than that. And if you think about it as simply connecting, you might relax into the process a little. It could be meeting at networking events, or it can simply be dropping into someone's DMs on Instagram, paying them a compliment on their work and seeing where it goes to from there. Or if you're like me, I tend to love old school email. It works really well. This is exactly how I connected with today's guest. And it was actually a friend of hers that led me to Beck. And Beck is the creator of a wonderful company called Path Hunting. I saw that Beck had real value to add to our True To You podcast listeners. And because I took the time to stalk her, I knew we had a bunch in common with our retail backgrounds. What's really cool is that after conversing over email and recording this podcast, next time in Melbourne, when I'm in Melbourne, I'll be catching up with Beck for coffee and then who knows where to from there. Okay, the official bio for Beck, Rebecca Much, or Beck as she goes by, is, as I said, the founder of Path Hunting. Path Hunting is a boutique learning company that designs and facilitates live and digital learning experiences for personal and professional growth. Working with clients of the people side of business, Beck is all about innovative ways to develop leaders that thrive in life and work. And she has been very kind to us. I want you right now to scroll down into the show notes as you're listening to this because you'll see that Beck has kindly shared with us a free download called the PDP. And a PDP is a personal development plan. This is a universal personal development plan, as she calls it. So Yes, it can be used for making changes in your career, but it could be changes in any area of your life. It's simply a self-reflection tool that will help you get clear on your intentions before you take the action. 
and it works with her five favorite energies, which I absolutely love this approach. Things like curiosity, optimism, enthusiasm, generosity, and appreciation. So make sure that if you don't do it right now, you jump back into the show notes at some stage and download that and have a go. If you're looking to create a change in your career, this might be the perfect thing to do on a Sunday afternoon to get you settled into what that change might look like. Okay, let's get on with today's podcast. This is the True to You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome back to the True to You podcast. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much, Ruby. It's super exciting to be here. It is indeed. And uh, quite an unusual way that I found you and invited you on the show. It's not unusual, but uh, I think probably actually uh, more usual for most people these days if you love to spend a lot of time on Instagram and uh, you follow one person and then you you know, start to look at who they're following. And, and I found out a little bit about Beck because I got in touch with a woman called Madeline Dore and she uh, runs something called the Side Project Sessions. And at the time, um, Beck had uh, a chapter of Side Project Sessions. Um, and so I was very interested in who this woman was because I thought that was such a uh, cool thing to be a part of. And when I dug into your story a little bit deeper, Beck, I found out that we actually had a lot in common. And so I was like, I have to meet this woman and I have to share her story because I think there's some amazing parallels for us in terms of uh, leadership and particularly the retail sector in terms of your past experience and my past experience, but also now what you're bringing to uh, the workplace and the future of work for people. And uh, I think this is a really, really exciting space to play in. So thank you so much for coming on today. Let's dive into your career journey and you have a company called path hunting which i believe is your you <laughs> and yeah. in your business is um it's just you so you can maybe tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to begin uh this company called path hunting sure um so you're right, it is me. Um, I do have some collaborators, but in uh, many ways it's intentional that it's just me. Um, and I guess if I go back to the start, I never really had a career plan. Um, I, I didn't have a great time at school. I found it a little bit limiting and boring. And, and by the time I realised what I wanted to do, um, I hadn't chosen the right subject. So Rebecca didn't get to be an architect uh, but then I you know I went to a lot of traveling my mother kind of encouraged me to go and study something so I studied um, a business degree in hospitality and tourism and always ended up in roles leading people where there was some kind of service element so always customer facing 
Um, so we're trying to create great experiences for people inside businesses, plus great experiences for customers or clients. Um, and then after quite a few different little evolutions, ending up in luxury retail and learning and development, um, I had my children really quite close together and realised that uh, continuing with that life was going to be an impossibility if I wanted to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. So then I thought, let's, let's do something different. And I started my consultancy uh, and that worked really nicely for a couple of years, but I was so lonely. It was excruciating. I didn't realise how much I loved being around people um, and working towards the common goal. And, you know, for an introvert, I feel but it really hit me hard. So, um, and young children, I found quite challenging in that um, I wasn't getting much intellectual stimulation. This, that's not written on the box, you know, I suppose, for little kids. Um, but then I uh, decided to open my own co-working studio uh, so I could bring people to me so I'd have some friends to work alongside. So a giant kind of mad idea. And we called that the Cobit Co. That opened about five, five and a half years ago. Um, and so I did the consultancy and the Cobit Co. at the same time. Met some of the most exceptional people I've ever met. Um, and we wrapped the Cobit Co. up uh, at the end of June. It had had a little rebrand under the path hunting banner, but then I just realised it kind of wasn't my thing anymore. I'd, I'd done that piece. I wanted to let someone else do it and really jump back wholeheartedly into um, helping careers and leadership and just devote myself to that. So I, yeah, I've taken many strange turns, none of them really um, with a grand design, but um, always been really fun and I'm happy with where I am at this point in time. I'm excited for what's um, evolving. Beautiful. I I love that. Uh, I when I stepped away from my architecture career and I love that you wanted to be an architect. <laughs> I think this is so fascinating, isn't it? Um, uh, I had a loose plan as well. And I would love to know, uh, I know for me that uh, learning to tap into my intuition, uh, which was something that I knew was there, but I'd never really thought to listen to. I would love to know as you were going through this journey, um, what do you think it was that had you make the the next right action or pick that next thing? Like, what were you basing that on yourself? I think, so I talk about the idea of um, curiosity a lot as one of my values. And I suppose, to be honest, I don't really feel like the way lots of people lead their lives um, makes sense. So I've never been great at following someone else's direction. <laughs> and I've always thought, why do things that make you unhappy? I can't, I just can't understand that that's a, a good reason. So I've always been quite light about my decisions and going, well, what feels like fun next? I already know I'm not the average bear. I already know I'm not going to, you know, be... Uh, you know, a lifelong or whatever, I was comfortable with my changeability um, and comfortable with the idea that I was never really going to be that round peg in a round hole. So let's just go with it and see what happens. And probably those decisions only became a little harder when I had children, when I felt like there was something at risk. Um, mm -hmm. But even then, look, to be honest with you, I just can't 
I can't live any other way. Um, I trust my own, you know, inner um, guidance more than anything else. It's undoubted. Even if I can post-rationalise and say that I've made a decision because of logical reasons, I'm lying to myself. It's always um, that inner guidance. Yeah. And and what do you think uh, cultivated that for you? Uh, was it something that you just learned to listen to the little whispers until they became really loud? Is there practices that you've got to tap into that guidance? I think I've gotten much better as I've gotten older and realising that if I don't listen early, those whispers don't go away, they get louder and it gets more difficult um, to extricate myself from the situation. It's almost as though... Um, say, for example, when I was um, with Vuitton and I was um, learning development manager there, I'd been in that role for two or three years and I was starting to have feelings that um, this really wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go. Um, it was an incredibly wonderful organisation to work for, but I just wasn't getting the um, creativity that I wanted and I couldn't make the impact that I wanted. So I was just getting these kind of little uncomfortable feelings but I really felt like I was in the golden handcuffs, you know. So I second-guessed myself and I where else could I go? What else could I do? Nothing would be as good as this. And I continued on with this uncomfortable feeling for a while. And then my favourite boss left and someone else came and I had a really difficult time with her. And, um, and I kept on getting these feelings that I need to change, that I need to change. And I ignored it and ignored my face. So I've now realised if I don't listen early, my... my inner guidance is always telling me what's the right next thing to do and if I try and filter that through logic I always make a mistake I just have to go with it yeah and I have to trust that even though I don't understand why um why will become apparent at some point in time mm. and it's um it's not getting to that point where you're making that decision out of pain you know That's if you listen to it early you get to uh perhaps you know you have to sometimes take a leap of faith and really trust yourself but I know when you get to that point where you've been thinking something over and over again and and then it's actually the decision gets made out of this more uncomfortable position because you've kind of backed yourself into a corner so um, yeah that's so beautiful and such good advice for people if they are hearing those whispers to like you say, explore it with curiosity. Um, it doesn't have to be a big leap straight away as well, I think. Um, yeah. And, and there are times when I think you can get that whisper when you feel like life is good. And that's when I think um, it's very easy to um, doubt yourself and think, oh, well, but this is great. You know, what I have here is really, really good. But if you can take the leap from that place, gosh, you can go to incredible places, I think. So it's like riding that crest of the wave rather than waiting till you're down in the, um, you know, you've, you've crashed out and you're eating sand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. Um, so path hunting, you mentioned uh, very briefly before that uh, you've taken a bit of a um, turn in that business and that you are pivoting it in a new direction and uh 
reinventing what that looks like. And that's something that I love uh, being able to explore with the women I work with as well. I think it's an innate thing that us as women, you know, we love changing our hair, we love changing our style. And so, you know, reinvention shouldn't be something that you need to, to fear at all. But I would love for you to talk me through that process for you. Why, why did you decide to um to pivot and what is that pivot looking like is it um you know becoming a, a you know following one direction or is it um yeah looking to um bring something new into your business um well back to that idea of curiosity and i guess i'm an innate starter i really like new things i really like learning when I've done something for a while, I get bored, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that might not be ideal. Certain people would say that to grow a business, you need to go in one direction and stay in that direction and focus really hard and then you'll become, you know, a superstar. That's okay. That's not really what floats my boat. I think that you can continue to um, change direction slightly, just, you know, refine where you're going according to, um, what's really capturing your interest and your passion at the time. And I feel like we're at this time in life where there's lots of um, evolution happening in the macro world. So we do, it's good. It's appropriate to be um, reinventing your business as you go. So for me, um, what, what really became apparent was particularly at the studio space, I really loved everybody there and helping them um, really make their life easier in terms of growing and starting their own businesses. But I just wanted to have a bigger impact and I wanted to find a way um, to continue doing my um, people development work with organisations, but also do that type of work with people that were entrepreneurial as well and to help um, really break down that artificial line between life and work because it's all intermeshed. And I would spend lots of my time supporting people um, in emerging and evolving leadership programs in corporate, but the conversations we were having were often about them and, and life and how do, I, how do I be better at being human and how, how are my relationships, um, how can I improve in, in having effective relationships in work and in business? Like everything was intertwining. And I just feel like it's, that's a really important conversation to have. And while I was at the studio, my focus was in the four walls and I just wanted much more space to have, to have impact. So now path planting is really, um, you know, a little catch evolving, and I want to be in a place where I can help people um, have that better experience of life and get where they want to go. So whether it's getting out of your own way, um, but also learning and staying curious and continuing to grow so that life um, just gets to be this really fun experience that I think it should be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, I love that because um so many people I love that you're hearing that in the corporate environment because I also observe that that's a lot of the reason why people want to get out of corporate is and get into entrepreneurship is they want that um self agency, they want that creativity and they want to feel like they can be um to quote Brene Brown, more of that wholehearted human and bring their whole self to their work. So I love that even in the corporate, you noticed that uh, women or men 
we're we're really craving that as well anyway and um you know we've both done the dare to lead uh mm. course so i think you can probably speak a little bit to that but um as well yeah tell me a little bit how about how you uh found the dare to lead course what what that experience was like for you and uh how you're going to integrate some of that work into um into what you're doing now because i think it is such a uh, pertinent example of how we can do exactly what you're setting out to do now with your business. So, yeah, maybe you can speak to that for us. Of course, I am. Um, I've known of Brene Brown for a long time, and I've been using little clips of hers um, on empathy and uh, shame, using them in in workshops with corporates around leadership and people development for a long time. Um, and I've also known Kylie for a long time. She probably delivered the first workshop in the Coet Co um, years ago when we had it. So it was exciting for me to see Kylie pivot in that direction of really aligning herself with being a facilitator of Brene's work. Um, but to be honest with you, I really found um, this whole idea of vulnerability was uh, a bit of a sticking point for me because I, I was one of those people going, I don't need to be vulnerable, you know, bulletproof I just do what I want to do and I do my thing and da 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 and and then so I thought I have to understand this um so I signed up to for the workshop not only for me in terms of how I um support people in being better leaders in businesses but just for me how do I lead what's going on here why have I got resistance about this word vulnerability so it was an awesome couple of days I learned more about myself than I thought and how I'd quietly orchestrated my life to not really have to be very vulnerable um, and so I would highly recommend anyone to go and do this program it's not just work it's it's life it's it's this notion of being in the arena and living to your values and I thought all of that was twee to be honest with you I can <laughs> I can get a bit like oh you know girly stuff but it's not girly stuff it's it's how to be a human and an effective human. And it's actually this notion of courage and vulnerability in the same sentence. Um, it's really the future of contemporary leadership, I think. If we do not come as whole people, we're not doing the best for ourselves. We're certainly not doing best for our people and the organisation. And we are perpetuating this really stale experience of work, I think, work should be a, almost the best expression of you in the world. It's your way of contributing for most of us. So to do that in a half-hearted, mediocre way is just the biggest wasted opportunity. So to bring your whole self takes risk. And I think the Dare to Lead program helps people understand what risk is, how do I reveal myself more for better outcomes, um, and it was an awesome experience. I really had a great time. I've been shouting to everyone about it for the last week and already <laughs> recommending clients. So um, there's and lots of awesome little tools in there that I can start to pepper into my work too. Um, and I, I even did it yesterday with some clients. So um, I don't want to reveal all the things about it, but go. Yeah. 
Oh, 100%. I think it's always the way, isn't it? You go into these things going, oh, this will be really good for my work and I can share this with other people. And um, and then you don't realize that you're going to be throwing yourself, you know, literally into the arena. Um, that whole course is really, uh, you know, you have to live it and breathe it and understand it from from your own uh, way of being and your and how you show up in the world if you're going to expect that of other people and I think that's really what made sense to me in terms of what you were talking about vulnerability it was that thing oh it's good for other people but I don't need to do that or um, you know I'm like you're saying I'm vulnerable enough I've taken all these like crazy leaps <laughs> and you know got all these badges to prove it and scars and um, so yeah it's it's really incredible work and um, I think she's just uh an amazing amazing woman the world is really lucky to have her on so many levels that she's now touching in terms of her work with um you know the daring classrooms as well because uh for really young people this is um beautiful work for them to uh to touch as well so very very exciting stuff um so I want to talk about making big shifts in our careers and you're obviously working more now with uh, entrepreneurs than um, so much of the corporate leadership work. And so the, most entrepreneurs, uh, you know, they know what it's like to throw themselves in the deep end and make um, changes, whether it be starting something in a completely new industry or uh you know, taking some skills that they've had for a very long time and then going out on their own. But I know that uh, what, what especially uh, in this podcast is most of our uh, listeners are women. So I'm going to speak to this from the perspective of, of being a woman, but I know um, men suffer from this as well. And that is that when they are stepping up or stepping into that new arena, um, that these uh, fears around visibility, I find, come up a lot for people. Um, and you've probably seen this in, in your leadership work as well, you know, the, the um, not wanting to raise your hand, not wanting to speak up or share ideas or take on more responsibility. There's, there's this fear around and what will this mean about me or how will people see me or I don't have the confidence, <laughs> all of these things. And this is something I really want to see shift for women. So I would love to know, either speaking from your own experience or what you teach people, how do you help people break through those um, obstacles that they're facing around, um, yeah, vulnerability and, and leading to being more visible in their work? That's um, a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think the first thing I would say is you're absolutely not alone if you are concerned about or you feel like worries about visibility are holding you back. It's uh, superhuman. It's also, it's very much a thing for me. Um, and I've, I told myself for a long time that I really like to champion other people and that's why I like to be in the background. But, mm -hmm. there, um, you know, there comes a day when you realise that that's actually a little bit of a smoke screen. And am I just playing small? And am I trying to kind of is it really an act of self-protection 
rather than anything else. Um, and I think for most of us, when we've really got a, a sticking point about visibility, it's really ego driven. Um, and the best way that I can get over it, and I'm still practicing this, <laughs> is to think that do I believe enough in what I'm bringing to the world for that to lead? Or is it still me and my little ego and trying to protect myself um, that is my priority? And I think if you really want to do something exceptional, on whatever scale it might be, you've just got to get over yourself and realise it's not about me. It's really about what I'm bringing to other people. Um, and if I need to get up there on the stage, and I use the same sort of advice for people who don't even want to stand up in the front of the room and present to the rest of their colleagues. It's, if you're thinking it's about you, then you will just get swallowed up with all of those feelings of what are people think of me and what if, and what if I say something inappropriate but if you're up there thinking about what contribution can I make to the people in the room then you can reasonably quickly get yourself out of that kind of spiral of everyone's looking at me and I look like an idiot but I, I do think ultimately it's quite ego driven um, and and I struggle with this probably on a daily basis <laughs> even though it might look like <laughs> might not look like that I do um, it expresses itself for me in things like social media. I don't really like to put myself out there very much, but I just need to do something about that if I want to grow my impact. And I think that's the question. What do you want more? Self-protection, grow your impact. Yeah, and and such a good distinction that you made there for everyone listening that, that as much as, uh, you know, you're up there and and you're sharing what's on your heart if you're getting into this work and generally you know i i know for the clients that i have they're wanting to move towards more meaningful work which means creating more impact helping others uh all of those things and if that is your goal if that really is your end goal then it's about the results that they get it doesn't matter what it means about you how, how good you are or it's a it's that they've been touched or moved in some way to go out and um be a better human or whatever it might be on what whatever scale it could be environmental as well um and i think that is uh that is a real shift especially when you're in uh the coaching space or when you're leading people and you're up there it's very easy isn't it to get um concerned about how people see you and and um that's such a good reminder for anybody that is on that path towards looking to create more impact in their life that if you do come against up against those times where you're feeling uh nervous or unsure like beck said be be really clear on what you value and just go about delivering that and sometimes even the thing that i know helps me a lot when i'm up in front of people is i look people in the eyes and i think that if you can create that connection with someone 
that's beautiful, you know, and, and that they feel like they're being seen. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that because uh, that's something that I, I'm so passionate about. So I love, 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 especially when women can contribute to this conversation as well. What would you say um, just to talk a little bit more on the subject of visibility yeah. in terms of, the spaces in which you show up or where you play the most, do you feel like I have to be visible in every single uh, part of my business? You know, like I have to be on every social media channel and then I have to be on YouTube and then I have to be doing, delivering workshops and recording, you know, videos. And yeah. What do you say to that? Because I know some people feel like they have to be everywhere, but then, um, yeah, is it about strengthening one area and then moving into something else? What would you say to that? What's What's been your experience around that? Um, I definitely get the messaging from the world that I need to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I've struggled with that for years, actually, trying to work out where is most meaningful for my audience and where do I feel like I can shine, for want of a better word. Um, I am much better in front of people. I feel like I'm much more natural to your point of, of being able to make eye contact with people. I just, um, to do my best work, I kind of need a muse. So I need live people with me that I can feed off and I can notice what is um, resonating with them. So I find static things like um, Instagram, Facebook, where I need to present something um, and I'm not necessarily getting anything back or, or I am getting things back, but not instantaneously. Um, it feels less natural for me. So um, that makes it challenging, I suppose, to market because those um, avenues are really, um, you know, certainly much more well-worn and you can have much more reach that way rather than trying to get people in a room all the time. Um, so I still struggle with things like... Um, social media but I think ultimately my decision has been to stick to the things that I feel like present me in the best light and and balance that out with what has the greatest reach so that's where with the new direction of the business choose one or two um, social media platforms and it will probably be LinkedIn and Instagram um, that's a best fit for my market and also a best fit for me. So I can use stories and things like that on Instagram. Um, but God, I can't do all of it. I don't want to do all of it. Um, and I think that you can spend all of your time presenting yourself to the world um, and actually not doing any work. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah. A hundred percent, a like uh, guilty as charged that, yeah, some days it's um, it's all consuming, and uh, again, it comes back to uh, that that point that you made earlier about uh, when you're wanting to be more visible and how to work with that. Is am I actually delivering the value that I want to be delivering, mm. and are people receiving real value from me trying to be everywhere and being scattered? <laughs> Um, and, and is that diluting my message as well? Um, so I think you're right. I think that finding that balance and yes, um, there's nothing like being in front of a live audience as well for 
like you said, feedback, if you're uh, starting something new and you're wanting to get an idea out there into the world, you need real time feedback pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I a hundred percent agree that the sooner you can get in front of people, even if that's a small group to begin with. Um, yeah, really do that. Because I also think that that actually, um, that that's where your real confidence comes from as well. Uh, that's where I certainly know that um, it's probably that. And I don't know about you, maybe you can speak to this as well. Those experiences have actually allowed me to show up better on the online uh, uh, spaces because I know I have full confidence in front of people. And that's almost like the scarier one, I think, for some people. So, yeah, I don't know about you. What would you say about that? I'm completely with you. I think yeah. when you can sense check something, see whether it resonates with people, then I absolutely have confidence to present that um, via social media because otherwise I feel like, it's a conversation in my own head and I'm <laughs> on social media and I've got no idea if that's going to land or not. I've got no idea. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to be able to talk things through and I'm always surprised by what resonates with people. Often it's things that I think are really obvious. Mm. People are like, oh, really? And I'm like, God, what? You don't get that? I, I'm always 20 steps ahead of the game and I think that um, I need to remember often the best value you can provide people is at that grassroots level. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. So I would love to just pivot for a second because um, I'm really interested uh, in the past work that you've done around leadership and obviously um, you know, the premise of, of the work that we've done both done with dear to lead is, is around leadership as well. So if we've got any women listening to this that are thinking about, and I can think of a few people in my own life that are thinking about stepping into roles um, in their workplace or looking to go to that next level, I can, yeah, I've got a couple of women actually pictured right now that are considering, uh, you know, taking on um, a quote leadership role or, um, more responsibility or overseeing a team or whatever it could be is there any tools that you can think of that would support these women as they go on this journey because um for some people they can start out as you know being part of a team and then suddenly they're getting this opportunity to lead the team and that is a really dramatic jump for for a lot of us I know for me it definitely was in my past experience so yeah for for women going on that journey what are some tools that you love that uh yeah that you use either in in your business and your workshops that you deliver or perhaps that you've found um even personal practices that that mm -hmm. help yeah the first thing I would suggest is to um, create your own, what I call a personal development plan. So um, I do a lot of work with leaders where the business encourages them to create an individual development plan or that, that plan is um, part of a HR initiated succession program for the um, organisation. But I think every leader emerging, evolving, wherever you are, to create your own personal development plan, 
that helps you track where you are, where you want to go in terms of your impact inside and outside the organisation um, and then gives you some sort of opportunity to action plan the kind of experiences and opportunities you want to pursue so that you can grow can be really helpful because I think you've just got to acknowledge that most people are thrown into a leadership role with reasonably substandard um, preparation and that's not necessarily their own fault um, and you are doing a lot of self-learning, self-reflection and experimentation and if you can somehow find a way to encapsulate those learnings for yourself, not only do you get to recognise your own achievements because sometimes the organisation doesn't recognise them, mm-hmm. um, you can then sort of feel really empowered about your growth I'm really big on people taking responsibility for their own learning through life and career because it's very easy to think that the company is supposed to support my growth. Mm. Mm. Maybe, yes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But remember, they will always do it from their own agenda. And you need to have your own agenda for what your career might be. Um, so to take your your livelihood seriously and, you know, create yourself this little personal development plan but make something that's really compelling and exciting for you so you're not only talking about the dollar that you want to earn or what kind of leader do I want to be what kind of experiences do I want to have you know it's your life and um it's you can make it as exciting as you want to um but it takes intentional design does that make sense yeah absolutely and I think um what's really great about that is that uh you know, I talk about women being in the driver's seat of their life rather than feeling like they're being pulled by everything else, time, Mm. money, you know, for some of us, it might be children or um, other responsibilities. But if you, no matter what happens, you know, say that job doesn't work out, say you get made redundant down the line, you, it's not even, um, you know, your fallback plan necessarily, but at least when things start to, Um, go potentially not the way you planned or your curiosity is having you go in a slightly different direction that you've got this North Star, I guess, um, is probably a nice way to describe it to come back to because a lot of us pin so many, so much on that company to provide (laughs) all of the things for us. Um, Yeah. So that's such, such good advice. Yeah. And also it helps you where, you know, if things don't go to plan, you can come back to your plan and say, right, now now where? It helps you make decisions. Yes. I think feeling like a passive, you know, participant in your own life, waiting for the next person to pick you. I love the idea of Seth Godin saying, pick yourself. You know, I'm mm. all about pick yourself. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, we have a lot of uh, mutual affections, <laughs> yeah. don't we, Seth Godin, yes. Brown? <laughs> yeah. Who else? <laughs> I need to see your bookshelf. Yeah. Help. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's colour coordinated, just by the way. Oh, so is mine. Did, did you see that? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually very happy to see a colour coordinated bookshelf. Please <laughs> laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least it looks good. That's what I always come back to. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so finally, um, something I'm really interested in knowing about uh, about you and your journey as well is this intersection of career and motherhood because um, I'm really fortunate to, to work with a lot of amazing mums that are really wanting to get up to some cool stuff. And uh, I personally don't have children yet, so I love chatting with people that have have um you know come to this intersection where they've had children or they're about to have children and deciding what um their career is going to look like and I know that you you may have briefly mention this at the start that that uh children became a catalyst for branching out on your own but I would love for you to talk about that transition and just what it's like to to go through that um, and yeah, any, any just little nuggets of wisdom that you can give the beautiful women out there for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so gosh, having children was absolutely the catalyst for doing my own thing. And to be honest with you, I don't think I would have gone out on my own if I hadn't had children. Um, my life was too good from a textbook perspective and I probably would have continued to ignore my <laughs> inner guidance and keep chugging along that career path, at least until something else blew up. But, um, so I had, you know, I had my daughter Freya, who's now nine. And then I did go back to corporate and I was like, I can make this, I can make this work. It was having my second child, Banjo, when I realized, Oh God, I just need to turn my life upside down. But it was a real sliding doors moment in it. It was great. It was like, Oh, here's my chance. I'm terrified financially, but here's my chance. It's almost like a, uh, an excuse that society gives you. Um, you know, I didn't have to say I didn't want that career anymore. I could sort of say, well, now I've had my children and I'm, now's the right time to change. So it was almost like permission. Um, but, man, I, I was not prepared for how relentless motherhood was. And I often say how much I love my children, but don't always um, love motherhood because I'm quite, uh, I like to do my own thing. I'm quite ambitious. And um, so to be super honest, I still find it a, a bit of a um, hard navigation um, in terms of doing what I really want in my career and having the stop that I open scale that I want to have um, with being a mother of children under 10. But um, I, I'm getting better and better and better at looking to balancing those two, both, both of those balls as a choice and a great opportunity. And my life is in such a good place that I just need to stop with the what ifs because I know the what ifs I didn't really want anyway, but sometimes I can feel like I've missed out. Um, and I wonder if many mothers kind of feel like this, that it's just that it's a bit harder to run your own business. It's a bit harder to have a career if you're a mother and it feels like sacrifice is part of the part and parcel. But um, I'm getting better at remembering now that um, a lot of the limitations that I perceive about having my own business and being a mother are actually in my head. I can create much more flexibility if I allow it and if I um, even just ask my partner or I create the opportunity even silly things like the kids going to aftercare sometimes instead of me always finishing at three o'clock mm -hmm. um, 
it's small stuff, <clears throat> but I absolutely think that um, having children is a huge opportunity um, for this. I got this big influx of inspiration and I've heard lots of other women say this, that when they've had their children, it's almost like the floodgates opened with, oh, new opportunity and what I could do and what I could be and la, la, la. And I think it takes a bit longer um, because you've got these small people to look after. Um, but I think without them, I probably wouldn't be as creative as I feel like I am, being a bit more, this is what a career looks like. Uh, yeah, I think I'm talking in circles a little bit, but it's, it's still something that I kind of um, struggle with, placing how career works with as my children grow. I feel like I now have more chance to scale because they're getting a bit older. And it's so good for them to see me doing awesome stuff. My daughter in particular, she loves it. She really likes that I'm doing cool and fun things and I'm not like um, all the other mums. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, and that's so true, isn't it? Because um, until you have children, you're kind of doing your career for yourself and then yeah. you start to realise actually this I can make impact right here in my own home with the way I um, go after my own dreams or the way I show up creatively and, uh, you know, and someone that's uh, kind of not content with the status quo and, and teaching your children that that's actually okay. And, um, you know, you can carve out your own path as well, whatever that looks like. They might become engineers and doctors, your children. <laughs> you know? I know, and they might, right? Which is also a great thing for me to realise, you know. I, um, you know, maybe I've spent a lot of time trying to not be the norm and, and they seem super free with, oh, whatever, whatever I feel like doing. They're, it's lovely. I think now is a great time to be a young person because there's so much more permission to do what you like and this notion of having to... Um, hook into one particular career forever. Um, if you want to do that, great. If you don't want to do that, equally great. Yeah, yeah. I think you're so right. Um, it's it, it's such a yeah, it's such an amazing time, and especially for your daughter as well. Just to think um, that uh, you know those permission slips that she's yeah. going to to have to to go after whatever she wants and that um yeah and and we'll see I guess uh in the corporate world might what might change as well in terms of how much leadership is coming coming from women <laughs> um by the time she gets up uh into that environment so absolutely yeah. and you know the really exciting thing I'm starting to notice in the corporate world as well is that there are senior men who are starting to realize I have to be vulnerable and I have to be courageous. And um, so I think for my daughter, she's not even going to know that she ever needed a permission slip. Mm. That's mm. Yeah. There's a truth bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Well, I am so thankful for this conversation because as much as um, my listeners get to benefit, I've, uh, learned so much from you today, Beck. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time and everything that you've contributed to this conversation. Where can the 
lovely listeners find you? What's, um, what's your favorite socials? Uh, is there anything that's going on for you right now that you want to share with us um, in terms of cool offerings? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, so uh, our website is um, passhunting.com and um, you'll find me on Instagram at passhunting. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you'd like to do professional stuff. Um, and it's Rebecca much. Um, but the one I've got coming is I'm creating this new little series on um, uh, getting better at being human. Um, and we'll have a whole lot of little elements about getting better at this or getting better at that or getting better at the next thing. I kind of find it really hard on things. So I want to do lots of, we're planning lots of small little micro courses and masterclasses through the website. Um, some will be free, some will be paid. Um, but it's really just about helping um, helping you get a better handle on having a better experience of life in your way. I'm kind of obsessed with people doing things their way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be forcing people, don't follow that regular path. You have to do things differently. But um, if you want to do things the regular way, that's your call too. So yeah. um, I'm really just, uh, if people want to connect, absolutely. Um, I love that kind of thing. Um, and I'm excited to see where I evolve next because, you know, it's always a bit of a question. <laughs> As well, curiosity is the king. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, I, I love that philosophy and I'm so glad that we're going to end on that note. Thank you again, Beck, for your time and um, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, Ruby. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye, everyone. Bye. You have everything you need to create the change you desire. All you need to do is see the possibility. Hey there, if I could say this one sentence to your face right now, would you believe me? Pages of Possibility is a daily journaling practice and it is the very thing that allowed me to believe those words more than anything. So before you go, my love, I want to make sure that you get your hands on this super simple tool. If you're feeling a little stuck about your work, your career, or a dream you have, Pages of Possibility has the power to get you unstuck in minutes. With every small action you complete from your journal, your confidence grows tenfold. You attract new opportunities and you have the support you need to make the change happen. Be the woman who moves towards her dreams. Download your free Pages of Possibility journal by heading to rubymarsh.com right now.